Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. John chapter 17, verse 17. I want to show you this because the Bible says that we are responsible to, to, to obey the truth. And if you take the definition... Trusting God's understanding of your situation for the word obey, then what does it mean to obey the truth? For, for first, let's figure out what truth is in John chapter 17 and verse 17. John chapter 17, there you go. Now, all right, give me King James because it's simply straight to the point. Everybody read this out loud. What does it say? Uh huh. One more time out loud. What does it say? Sanctify them. Uh huh. So based on this scripture, what is truth? The word of, everybody say the word of God. Now, so understand what the, who has a Bible? Give me the Bible. I want to show you something. Okay. Everything that God has said, there's no way we could write down everything God said. So when you see a Bible, here's what I want you to think. This is, this is the, the definition of the word truth in the Greek. It means the reality that lies at the base of the appearance. The reality that lies at the base of the appearance. Um, the reality behind the appearance. You got it? That's what truth is. So, so when, you read the, the, when you read what's between the, the covers of the Bible, this is the truth that God documented. What it means is, it's not all the truth there is to know. This is just the truth he documented. Somebody said to me, well, how do you, know you know the Bible is true? I'm t- well, as a Bible student, I'm going to tell you one thing I know for sure. When you do the odds, the ratio... Of, of the prophetic words in this book, and you compare the fulfillment, the odds against just a couple of the fulfillments is very high. But when you look at this, the, the, the prophecies that were fulfilled in the life of Jesus Christ alone, we're looking at maybe close to a billion to one. There's no way anybody could have, could have figured that and predicted, much less the stuff that's happening today. How could you have written thousands of years ago, that there'd be wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes in diverse places if it wasn't happening back then. You see what I'm saying? I mean, just, that's just the simple stuff. That's not the deep stuff. So what we know is, this is the, we know it's the word of God. Fools can, it takes more faith to believe that it's not the word of God than it does to believe that it is. So what God does, watch this now, he, if truth is reality, what God did, he documented reality and put it in a book for us. And he, he gave us a book and he said, this is what's real. This is what's real. And everything else now, watch this now, if I want to know what's true, I just open the book and I go to it. Now, here's the thing. Uh, when, if, you, if you study the Bible, there's a scenario for every situation. You can look at the, the examples and even the direct statements that, that's made by the Lord and others in the scripture, and you can find instruction for every part of your life. Even, what, what do you do after you fail? What do, you, what do you do after, if your life shakes down and you fail, what do you do? Do you stop? Do you stay stuck? Do you die? What do you do? 
See, what, what people would do is they, they will go based on what they think and what they feel and not what the word says. And it's amazing if it's them, they, they, will, they, will, they will dig in the word so what the Bible says is about me. But if it's right for you, it's not just your truth. You got it? So if God gives you fresh start, then by, by, by nature of the book, he, he's obligated. If that truth is true for you, it's true for everyone. Now watch this. Sanctify them. What's the word sanctify mean? In the Greek, there's a word family. It's the hagos, H-A-G-O-S, the hagos word group, the word family. In that word group are words like, are English words like sanctify, holy, saint. You got it? There are a lot of these words. Um, sanctuary is in that same word group. And this word literally means make them holy. Make them holy through your truth. Your word is the truth that makes people holy. Now, this is important. And, and you say, Pastor, you, you're kind of passionate about this. I'm very passionate about this because of the things I want to show you. Now, uh, go in, the, in your Bible to go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. King James Version, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1. Now, I want to show you something. You're going to learn some things about truth. Now, everybody, look at me. I want to help you. Now, when it comes to the truth of God's word, it's not hard. It's as simple as um, you can either read it or have someone preach it to you. You hear the truth. You make note of it. Um, you have to hear it repeatedly so that it can go into your belief system because here's the thing. Because truth sometimes doesn't sound right. If you're accustomed of living in error, truth can sound real strange. For example, I'm going to give you a good example. Um, I remember the first time I preached grace in this church. It was in a series called Receiving the Spirit of the New Covenant. How do you remember that message, Receiving the Spirit of the New Covenant? We were Sanctuary One. It was the first time in NCC that I preached an entire message and nobody in the congregation said anything. You looked at me like cows at a new gate. Like, what is he? You, you should have seen. And, and I, I stood up there flat-footed. I talked. No, t- no one responded. I left the pulpit that night, and I looked at my notes, and I thought to myself, did I teach something wrong? And the Holy Spirit said, no, it's, it's new to them. Watch this. Now, I had been studying it for a while, so it, my, my taste for this truth was already acquired. But for you, you looked at me like, if that's true, then what have we been doing? If, if it's true... That I become righteous, I became righteous the day I received Jesus Christ, watch this, that without doing anything right. Then the question is, do I have to do things right? You see, what it, see, see the kind of questions it introduces? So what it does, it starts playing with your mind. You, and so many people go, that can't be true. And so they, what they start doing, uh, or with the grace teaching, is they start putting adjectives in front of it. Radical grace. We, I don't believe in radical grace. That's what people say. I don't believe in radical grace. Some people, one, one pastor said, uh, thank you for teaching grace, res- for teaching responsible grace. What does that mean? We start putting these adjectives. You know what we're doing? What we're trying to do is a way of rejecting truth. Okay? So we, I'm going to give you a good one. Someone hurt you. They hurt you deeply. The Lord says to forgive them. And so you're thinking, I forgive, but I won't forget. God didn't tell you to forget. We're going to deal with the forgetting later. The, tr- the question is, can you handle the truth that you're supposed to forgive. 
Right? Now, here's, here's what we learn later on. What we learn later on is my forgiving them is not for them. Forgiveness is the medicine I take to heal myself when they hurt me. How many of you following this? This is important. Now, so I want to show you something. There are things that will get in the way of you obeying the truth. All foolish Galatians, Paul asked them, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Now, everybody look at me. Bewitching is a very intentional act. Okay, I'm going to ask you all something. Be honest with me. I don't want to know who you're voting for. But I just want to get a sense of, of how weird it is on a scale of 1 to 10. Okay, so I'm watching this particular candidate, and he's saying something. He was on CBS. What's their morning show called? CBS, this, is it this morning or Good Morning America? Okay, I saw him on the CBS. He made a comment. They asked him a specific question. He gave an answer. Okay? I don't know why I flipped the channel. I flipped the channel, watched some more of the other morning show. He pops up on this show. They asked him the same question. He gave a completely different answer. That was weird to me, but I didn't say anything. Later on, they, they, they were shown a broadcast where he had three interviews. He gave three different contradictory answers, and they shown this to everybody. But watch this. Some people don't have a problem with it. That's not just, not, he, he's doing it all the time. And my thing is this, why do you think that someone could blatantly lie, blatantly misrepresent, blatantly boast, show such narcissistic care, and, and it doesn't bother people. Let me t- I'm not, t- I'm just saying, here's my question. Do you think that's normal? No. See that word right there? Let me tell you what bewitching is. Bewitching is getting a person's mind to function in a certain way that no matter how reasonable you show them something, they cannot accept it. Give me different translations. Let's, let's, let's float around. Give me the, just start rolling them. All foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? Give me another one. All you poor and silly and thoughtless and unreflecting and senseless Galatians, he just went in. Who has fascinated, or that, I'm going to talk about the word in a minute, or bewitched or cast a spell over you? Fascinated. Everybody say the word fascinated. You know what happens to people? You become, the fascination, you become so fascinated with an element of a thing that you miss the rest of it. You get it? This is critical. And I'm, not, and, and I'm, not, I'm using the, our political uh, climate as a good backdrop to teach this, but this, I'm talking about the word. Because the Lord is saying to us many times, I, I will get up here and preach things to you. And then people come into my office. I'm like, were you in church? Yes, sir. Did you hear what I preached? Yeah. Well, well, why are you coming to me with this? Because they can't connect what I'm preaching up here to what then I need you to counsel me. Well, I'm going to tell you the same thing I said in the sanctuary. You got it? Now, this, this is the thing. Give me, give me a message translation. You crazy. <laughs> oh, Lord. You crazy Galatians, did someone put a hex on you? Have you taken leave of your senses? He says something crazy has happened. For it's obvious that you no longer have the crucified Jesus 
in clear focus in your lives. His sacrifice on the cross was certainly set before you clearly enough. He's, Paul said, I know for a fact that when I preached Christ, you saw it. You, you grasped it. it. It cracked your belief system. He said, so how did you get back to wanting to keep the law? How did you get back there? And here's what happened. Wrong interaction. When you start interacting with people that don't want to believe the word of God, that want to stay stuck, that have set themselves up as righteous judges or whatever. Let me tell you something. There's no way you can do that and it not get off on you. It's going to affect you somewhere or another. You got to start setting standards in your life and say, you know what? If this is what the Lord wants me to do, then I have to do this and I cannot be deterred by anyone. Oh. So, so I was in a situation just recently, and, and someone said to me, uh, um, if anyone ever did that to me, I'd never forgive them. And the thing is, I'd already forgiven. But when they said that, something strange happened I want to share with you. I started to feel silly. It made me feel weak and gullible that I had so readily forgiven something that happened, and the person would be like, I'd never forgive that and my thing was, I was even ashamed to say, well, you know, I already did forgive. And I said to myself, I checked that thing. It, while it was happening, I said, what is this? You know what it was? My fascination with the person. I was fascinated. I was taken by that person. Wanted to be accepted by them. And if you want to be accepted by a person, they can get you to ignore and to reject truth to your own hurt. Now you have to understand something. I want you to understand something. I'm, I'm not well known around here, <laughs> but I'm well known in some places. Okay, I make a joke. I, 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 people, you get on my nerve, I say Google me. I, that's a joke I make people, some people get mad at it. I tell just Google me. Okay, it was a joke. You missed it. Okay, but what I'm trying to say is that people know who I am. Now, I want you, I want you to get this. So for me to be with this person, you have to know that this is a very prominent person. And sometimes the, the, the prominence of the person can take you so much that, that you're ashamed to admit that you believe truth. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. We got something to say. Listen! Did you know that there is power in your words? Yeah. Cement that with the brand new remixes to the single It Is So from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir. Pick up the remixes to It Is So from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir, available now at all digital outlets. Let's go! Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to, you have to trust that God is like a person, he's a real person, and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. 
It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Go back to go back to um, New Living Translation. You, you, you get you become afraid to, to you, you, you're afraid to admit that. Well, I already believe that. He said, "Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you?" Uh, for the meaning of, of of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Give, give me King James. I want to point. I want to show you that thing again. In King James, he says, "Who hath bewitched you that you should not?" What's the next three words? Say those words again. What? Obey the truth that you will not trust God's understanding that is revealed in his documented truth. You will not trust God's understanding of your situation the way it's written down. Now, go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, King James again, and verse 7. Real quickly, Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. I want to show you this. Anybody? Is helping anybody? Read this out, out loud. Read it. Ye did run well. Now we're going to do it together like a choir. Ready? Read. You did run well. Who did? Uh-huh. Do you notice it's never a what, it's always a who? When Satan wants to get in there to block you from trusting God's understanding of your situation as documented in his word, he always brings a person in. If I'm going to trust God's understanding of my situation, that means I could like you, I could even respect you. Watch this. But when it comes to accepting your counsel over the word of God, I'm sorry, I can't do that. No, no. no let me tell you something. Now, now, now it's simple. It's, uh, um, I, was, I was talking with, with a friend today, and we were talking about um, um, this, this topic of, of it was my Facebook post. The last Facebook post I put up. Um, dealing with... with um, Responding to people's decisions, making judgments about people's decisions. It was a spirited and great conversation. And I was sharing with them how what we miss is, and I'm going to show you in the Bible in a minute, that the church does not understand how love works. There's a church in Atlanta. It's made up primarily of same-sex attracted people. They formed the church to have a place to worship. You know why? Because they were being rejected in regular churches. Now, everybody wake up. I want, I want, to help you. I want you to help me out. So, so as, the, as the pastor of a church, every pastor must understand that he's going to be dealing with people who come to him from various backgrounds, with various struggles, and then different uh, paths on their spiritual journey. How many of you understand that? A pastor that's worth his salt can't turn people away because they have a struggle. I must pastor you. I'm all of your pastor. Now, here's where we get messed up with a president. A president is not a priest. He's not a prophet. He's not a pastor. He's not a rabbi. So he has to represent everybody in his country, regardless of what they believe or think. What happens to us, and when we got caught up in these two uh, crazy uh, uh, parties, one is far left, one is far right, when we got messed up, 
is that one side is telling us that, that, that anything goes, and the other side is saying, if you, if, you believe, if, you, if you believe in God, you have to vote for me. God is not a member of a political party, nor does he endorse political parties. But I want to show you something. The reason the church always goes to the far right, regardless of the craziness they're talking about, is because the church has abdicated its responsibility for morality in the country. The church's job is to deal with morality. When we're right about it, we say we're right about it. And when we're wrong about it, we say we're wrong about it. We don't call our sin right. Wait, 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 you got that? No, we don't. so when we sin, we tell, and the world says, well, what was that? It is sin. When I do it, it's sin. When you do it, it's sin. We're responsible for that. You got it? It, it is critical. So what, what ends up happening is uh, one party will say, well, well, um, um, if you believe in God, you have to vote for this. A pastor reached out to me and he says to me, he says, he says how, can you, how can you claim to love God and vote for abortion? My response to him was, I didn't know abortion was on the ballot. I didn't see abortion on the ballot. How many of you, you saw abortion on the ballot? I didn't see it on the ballot. See, you're playing games. And so a whole congregation of people get together. And a friend of mine wandered into that church one day by accident. Here's what they said. These people love Jesus. They were shocked to be in a church full of homosexuals that love Jesus. And my question to them was this. Why are you surprised? Why are you surprised? The only reason they're together is because they were rejected by us. Because we sit up there, watch this now, and because our sin is different from their sin, instead of believing, watch this now, that we are righteous because Jesus died for us, we believe we're righteous because we don't struggle with what they're struggling with. It is heresy, it is not true, and God frowns on that. Somebody gonna leave here and you're texting somebody right now and say, he said, okay, saying homosexuality is right. Say what you want to say. We got to get to the place where, where watch this now, where we understand, we understand that you can be hindered from obeying the truth by listening to the wrong people talk out of the side of their neck. So what, Pastor, so what do we do with a person with a same-sex attraction? Here's what we do. If, uh, here's the question. Are they born again? Well, I don't know how someone say you can't be born again with a sin. What do you mean? You're speaking in tongues and lying too. You gossip more than you speak in tongues. No, come on. Do you get tired of it? Let's not be hypocrites about it. The same, when Jesus died on the cross, when he died on the cross, he died for every possible sin that could be committed he died for everyone and every sin and he's my God but he's their God too you say well well, what what about their struggle it's his problem my job is to love him my job is to but I can't love him until my soul is purified from the bias I'm about to send you home tonight watch this Put on the screen for me, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. 1 Peter chapter 1. Everybody say, obey the truth. Obey. That means I trust God's understanding of the situation 
that he has written down in his word. I, I trust him. I made a statement. I don't know if it was here, but I'm pretty sure it, was, it probably was either here or between here and Montgomery. That the people who knew the thief on the cross, they just knew he went to hell. Because of what he did. And he got killed for it. And he deserved it. What they didn't know was the conversation he had with Jesus. And do you notice not one time did the Lord mention anything he had done? The Lord never talked to him about why he was on the cross. The Lord never met. All this man said was this. He told the other thief, this man did nothing. He says, what we're getting, we deserve. He admitted he was wrong. That's all. You have to, as long as you admit that, that what you're into is wrong, watch this now, and that you're asking for help, he will never cast you out. He will never turn you away. That's the truth of the matter. Okay? Now, you say, Pastor, but, but you don't understand. I, I just want to be free of it right now. And that's possible. But it begins by you. Watch this now. I got to trust God's understanding of my situation. I, I got I to always, when I read the word, whatever God says, he's going to lead me by truth. He's going to unfold the truth to me bit at a time. He's going to show me myself in the book. And when he showed me myself in the book, my level of response has to come to what he showed me. That's called obedience. Whatever he shows me, I'm okay. And you may struggle sometimes. I'm not there yet. But you tell him, I don't know how to, how to do this. Never try to pull it off in your own strength. Amen. Never try to pull it. Here's the thing. God told Abraham, he says, I'm going to give you a son. And through that son, you become the father of nations. Abraham thought that God wanted him to pull off the promise. God tell him, I'm going to give you a son. So when the son wasn't, didn't come after a while, he said, well, maybe I, I have to make a plan. And so he did something himself, and what he did, he made a mess. And in the end, God still had to turn around and make the promise come to pass. The promise of your deliverance is not something that you give to God. It's something that God gives to you. It's something that God gives to you. And you're going to have all kinds of judgmental people around you that have to be driven out away from you. So you won't hear foolishness and be bewitched so you could obey the truth. I want to show you something. Go back to verse 21. I want to see, can I get some context and run into this? Verse 20, maybe? I'm trying to get some context. Some context, verse 20. Okay, you know what? I'll keep going all the way back. Okay, that's good. The Bible says, God chose him, Jesus, as your ransom. Ransom is the payment that's made to, get a, to buy a person's deliverance. Long before the world began, but he was now revealed, but he has now revealed him to you in these last days, verse 21. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God and you've placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great what? Glory. And, and, and we, that's for another time. Now, I want to show you this and we're going to do this real slow. It, the Bible says you were past tense. Cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. Okay, so, so now I want to show you what truth he's talking about. Okay, give me King James. It, it makes it a little bit easier because the, the language of it is better. It's, it's true to the original. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth 
through the Spirit, unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart firmly. You say, Pastor, I have no idea what I just read. That's why I'm here. This is the teacher's job to explain it. Okay? Now, go back to the New Living Translation. I want to show you this. The Bible says that when I obey the truth, it purifies my soul. It does what? Now, understand something about purification. When something is being purified or when something needs to be purified, it means that, that you have the substance you want, but something is mixed with it. In this case, he's going to teach about love. But he's telling them that your love has a problem. Because the problem with your love is, he said, you've been given the love of God, but there's something mixed in with it. And so what God is going to do to get you to the place where you can love people properly is that he's going to reveal truth to you a bit at a time. And every time it's revealed to you, you say you obey it. And as you obey it, what it does, it, it, it removes the impurity. It skims off the judgment. It skims off the fault finding. It skims off. The, that's what it does. Now, give me, give me the amplified version. Amplified version. I want to see, can I give some clarity to this? Since by your obedience to the truth, through the Holy Spirit, you have done what? You have purified your heart for what? How many of you see that the reason God is trying to purify your heart is so that you can sincerely love people? We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama, and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter, at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook, at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram, at Pastor Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.